Hi, I'm Maria Hansen, and I'm uh, GDUI's second vice president. I also serve as chair of three committees, and two of the committees, um, my job is to act as a heavy and keep the GDUI on the straight and narrow. (laughs) Today I was asked to do something much more pleasant, which is to introduce our next speaker. Um, Julia Marks joined Disability Rights Advocates Advocates in 2014 as a DRA fellowship attorney. Through litigation and structured negotiation, she advocates for persons with all types of disabilities in the areas of juvenile justice, transportation, and access to new technologies. Ms. Marks received her JD from Berkeley Law, Bolt Hall, and her uh, BA from Dartmouth College. Very good credentials there. Uh, During law school, she interned at the Public Interest Law Project in Oakland, California, and worked as a clinic student in the East Bay Community Law Center's Neighborhood Justice Clinic, uh, where she focused on debt defense and student loans education and advocacy. Ms. Marks also served as a senior editor of the Berkeley Journal of International Law and led the uh, Berkeley Consumer Advocacy and Protection Society. Um, Today, Julia is going to speak with us about the recently implemented Uber and Lyft settlement regarding guide dog access, a topic which we are extremely interested in. And she's going to describe what standards and procedures the settlement put into place what rights riders have under the new policy, and what riders should do if they continue to experience discrimination. Um, would everybody join me in uh, giving a warm welcome to Ms. Marks? I- Thank you for that introduction, and thank you all for having me. I'm really happy to be here and to talk about this. Um, So um, as mentioned, I'll be talking about the settlements that we reached with Uber and Lyft about access to the services for people who are traveling with guide dogs. Um, I'll give a quick overview, like the background of the cases, and then talk through in a fair amount of detail the provisions of the settlement agreements. Um, And kind of woven within that will be information about what rights you have as uh, individuals traveling with guide dogs um, under the the settlements and the new policies that have been implemented. Um, And part of that is what to do if you continue to experience discrimination because the goal of the settlements is to end discrimination on the platforms, but there will be some level of discrimination likely continuing to occur, particularly in this early stage. The settlements just started this year. Um, So I want to make sure everyone knows what to do if that does happen. So... 
this, I began working on this issue in 2014. That's when disability rights advocates, in conjunction with Tim Elder and uh, um, a number of individuals who were affected by this issue, uh, brought a lawsuit against Uber in the fall. And it was brought by individuals who had been discriminated against either directly by drivers um, or who were interested in using Uber but were deterred from signing up because they were aware of the amount of discrimination on the platform. Um, After we filed the lawsuit, Uber tried to get the case dismissed. So first, Uber tried to argue that some of the individuals who brought the claims didn't have what's called standing, which is the right to bring the case in federal court, uh, to bring the case because they didn't necessarily have Uber accounts. Um, Uber also made the argument that it was not a place of public accommodation, which is the section, one of the sections of the ADA we were bringing the case under. We made two arguments. One was that the cars and the platform were a place of public accommodation. The other um, was that they were covered by the transportation provisions, uh, which are basically the same as the requirements for a place of public accommodation. It's just a subtype of accommodation. Um, So Uber did not actually contest uh, the proposition that they're covered by the transportation sections of the ADA. Um, And we had the Department of Justice uh, give us a call, and they submitted a statement to the court agreeing and... um, saying that the official position of the Department of Justice that the ADA transportation sections do apply to Uber. Um, So the judge allowed the case to go forward, and it didn't didn't, the judge didn't make a firm statement of law that Uber was covered, but the judge did reject Uber's argument that it was not covered. So um, that's a useful thing going forward uh, in future future efforts to apply the ADA to Uber and similar transportation providers. So after um, Uber's motion to dismiss was uh, dismissed by the court, so after we succeeded on that as the plaintiffs, uh, Uber was more willing to negotiate a settlement, and we had pretty extensive settlement negotiations. Uh, It took about a year to... Um, come to agreement on the key terms, and then it took a significant amount of time to kind of finalize some of the details um, and to get the court's approval. So the the settlement we ultimately agreed upon uh, is a nationwide class settlement. So the changes are being implemented nationwide, and any guide dog user who is affected nationwide is part of the class. Um, And when you settle a class action, um, because so many people's rights are affected, the court has to take a very close look at the settlement to make sure that it's fair to all of the individuals whose rights are affected. Um, So the, the good thing about that is that there's You don't just have to trust the attorneys on the case. There's official court oversight and a lot of public information about it. The downside is that it extends the process by another nine months or so. So even though we mostly agreed on the settlement in 2016, it didn't actually go into effect until January and February of this year. Um, And I say January and February because certain things, they have a 30-day period to implement. Not everything starts on the same day. So 
The, the members of the class are all blind or visually disabled individuals nationwide who travel with the assistance of service animals and who have either used, attempted to use, or been deterred from attempting to use transportation arranged through the Uber Rider app. Um, regardless of whether you're a member of the settlement class, so for people who use different types of service animals, um, you you should be you will benefit from the settlement agreement. A lot of the policies are slightly broader than the definition of the settlement class. So people who don't use guide dogs but use other service animals or people who have a mobility impairment and use a service animal would be covered as well um, in terms of the policies in place, not necessarily in terms of the settlement and the the like legal component of that. I have a question. Yeah. Um, My name is Laura Marsh. My husband and I are puppy sitters, and we we help raise puppies. Does that include guide dog puppies in training? That's a great question. So technically, no. The way it's defined, it would not. Okay. Yeah. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Let me make a note of that. and, and I'm also going to make it a soft no because I believe that the service animal definition we're using is in, in the settlement, not necessarily in Uber's online policy, which is a little less legalese-oriented, <laughs> right? I think in the settlement that we incorporate uh, D- Department of Justice and Department of Transportation definitions, so I'd have to double-check if if those entities include trainers somewhere in their definition. And if, if they do, then technically, yes, in the settlement, you would be included. Um, that level of sophistication does not appear in Uber's written service animal policy. Something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, great. So, so that's the class. Um, there are no, we didn't seek damages in this. The goal was just to get the policy fixes to prevent future discrimination on the platform. Um, if people do want to uh, pursue damages for incident, incident, incidents of discrimination, since that's not part of the settlement, people can do that separately. No one's like signed away their rights to pursue monetary damages. It's just we wouldn't be the attorneys you would necessarily contact about that. So the core components of the Uber settlement are uh, changes to driver education, uh, more strict consequences for drivers who do discriminate, a better commitment to upholding the rights of riders, both in the driver consequences and also in how the companies follow up with riders after they submit um, complaints about service animal discrimination. So I'll start out with driver education. So the, there are a number of changes that have been made under the settlement. So now when drivers sign up, the new driver sign-up process includes a clear statement about the service animal policy, including a link to the, link to the full text of the policy. Um, there's also an interactive pop-up, which shows in the driver app, and that's being, that has been and will again be sent out to all new drivers um, and existing drivers who've already been on the platform for a while. 
Yes, <laughs> you hope. So, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'm not Question. Sure what you mean by that? This is an interactive app. Yeah. So in the app, it will block access to the the driver functions. You know where you receive ride requests and see that. So it's four or five kind of like slides with information about the obligation. Um, including the statement that no exceptions can be made for allergies or religious objections. Um, it talks about the fact that um, there are different types of service animals, and it makes drivers click through a series of questions to affirm that they understand. So it's not just a checkbox like, I understand. Um, it's a number of questions like, um, drivers do drivers have to... Um, take people with service animals. Yes. Like, when is it that they, they see that? So one version of it has already gone out. There was um, a bit of discrepancy about the language Uber used versus the language we had agreed to, so we've actually um, asked them to send it out again this summer. So it'll go out twice this year. So for new drivers, it's after they download the app before they can accept rides. For drivers who have already been included in the platform providing services, um, it's going out to different groups of drivers across the country in waves over a month-long period, I believe, maybe two months. The checkboxes and such? Uh, yes, so there's one available on our website, um, and I also have a copy um, on my computer that I could email to someone if you wanted to give me your email address. I have another question. Yes. Um, a gentleman just yesterday at this conference who uses Uber all the time told, because I'm one of those who hasn't because I heard how difficult it mm -hmm. was if you have a service animal. So this gentleman who uses it all the time told me that the rule is that if they are allergic to dogs and they have a letter from their doctor stating that they are highly allergic to dogs, that they can deny access, but that they have to wait with you until another driver comes. Is that correct? No. Okay. So they've agreed that there's no exception for allergies, period, without okay. a sub-exception <laughs> regarding okay. a, a doctor's known. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't mind taking them throughout. I think I'll let you know if I'm uh, going to cover something and um, if we're out of order. But no, please feel free to continue to ask questions. So, um, so back to driver education. So the main source is the pop-up because all drivers are going to have to interact with that and read through it. Um, and then additional sources are um, adding statements in the contract itself that drivers enter into with Uber regarding the policy um, and sending out quarterly email reminders to all drivers for the next three and a half years regarding um, the policy. And those emails need to include more than just like a sentence. It has some content and photos of people traveling with guide dogs. So there's also a visual reminder of like, this is what to be watching out for. Here's a reminder of people who you can't deny service to. So 
with the increased driver education, we're also, Uber has agreed to increase the consequences for drivers. So prior to the settlement, um, they weren't very consistent regarding what happened to drivers after reports were submitted that drivers had discriminated against individuals. Now going forward, uh, starting in February of this year and continuing for the rest of the settlement, so three and a half years, um, if Uber receives a report of discrimination, they will follow up with the passenger and temporarily deactivate the driver's account during the period of investigation into the incident. They'll carry out the investigation, and then they will tell the writer, if the writer asks, uh, what the investigation decided um, and what happened to the driver, so whether the driver was removed from the platform or not. So as riders, if you do unfortunately experience additional discrimination, once you report it, it's good to ask to find that out in a way to hold Uber accountable. Because um, the attorneys will be reviewing some of this information as well, but the more people are, who are watching to make sure that Uber is following its own policy, the better. So the consequences for drivers are as follows. If Uber finds that a driver partner... Okay. <laughs> so if Uber finds that a driver uh, knowingly refused to transport a rider with a service animal because of the service animal, then the driver is going to be removed from the platform permanently. The trick here is that... Um, Uber has to find that the driver denied service and, and knew that they were denying service to someone with a service animal. So when riders submit complaints, any evidence they have that the driver knew or should have known that there was a service animal present is really helpful. If Uber looks into it and there's not enough evidence or it's not clear that the driver knew that there was a service animal, um, they might allow the driver to continue to drive. Um, however, even if they get a second complaint at any point against that same driver, even if, again, they do an investigation and they can't conclude whether or not the driver knew, once that second complaint has been lodged, that driver is permanently removed from the platform. So that's kind of the stopgap if the first incident didn't have enough clear evidence of discrimination and Uber permits them to continue to drive. If there's a second allegation, it's assumed that the driver is acting in a discriminatory manner and then the driver is permanently removed. So under the Uber settlement, the riders have rights to use Uber transportation and as we discussed, there's no exception for fear of dogs, allergies, um, religious concerns about dogs. Uh, none of those are a valid reason for a driver to deny a person with a guide dog service. People with guide dogs do not have to tell the driver that they are traveling with a guide dog. Um, they might choose, you might choose to. So um, as I mentioned, the more evidence there is that the driver knew you had a guide dog and was discriminating against you, um, the likelier it is that when Uber does its investigation, they'll decide to remove the driver from the platform. So it's your choice, but sending a text to the driver saying, I have a guide dog, might be helpful because you can show that text message to Uber 
and say, look, I told the person I had a guide dog, they canceled. Here's the evidence. Um, But if you're not comfortable doing that, you're not required to. Uh, It's up to you as the rider. Um, the, The law provides that there are only two questions that drivers can ask to confirm that uh, your right, your animal is a service animal, and that's is the animal required because of a disability, and what work or task has the animal been trained to perform? That is the rule under the law, and that's also a policy that Uber is implementing internally and telling its drivers about. So the settlement is now in place. Um, We're doing a number of measures to make sure that Uber is uh, going going along with everything it has agreed to do. So one component of that is that we are receiving data from Uber on a quarterly basis regarding every complaint they receive across the country um, and every action they take against a driver related to a complaint that they receive. Um, Unfortunately, the details of that is are confidential, but we are looking at it as the attorneys involved. And there's a retired judge who has signed on to be a third-party monitor in the case who is also reviewing um, data and information. Um, And under the settlement, if we find that the data is showing that um, the measures we've put into place are not sufficiently decreasing the discrimination on the platform, um, the this uh, retired judge who's involved can suggest additional changes to Uber's policy and systems. The NFB is also sending people out to to test to make sure that drivers are complying and that Uber is responding appropriately if drivers do continue to discriminate. Also, if people experience discrimination, um, sometimes they reach out to us at DRA or our co-counsel, Tim Elder, or attorneys at Rosen, Bean, Galvin, and Grunfeld uh, to report incidents, and then we can follow up with Uber as well to kind of cross-check what we're receiving from Uber and make sure that we're getting full data and that they're complying with the new policy. So the settlement is in place for the next three years. Half a year has passed almost. Um, And uh, if if the third-party monitor decides that there's not enough progress being made, then they can extend it to a five-year term. So that's it on the Uber settlement. Does anyone want to ask questions about the Uber settlement before I continue on to the Lyft settlement? Yes, in the front. Um, so you said the settlement covers the next two and a half years. Is that saying that the monitoring will will end after that period of time, but that the Uber policy will continue? Yes. So technically, in in the settlement, which is a contract basically between Uber and the people who brought the case, um, Uber could choose, once the settlement's over in three and a half years, they could choose to undo the policy. you know, I can't predict the future, <laughs> but uh, the downside to that for them is that if they undo the policy and there's a single incident of discrimination, that person could bring another lawsuit and restart this whole process again. 
Um, so it's Uber's decision whether to kind of open themselves up to that possibility. Um, keeping the policy in place has some upside for them. I'm just wondering why the settlement wasn't, you know, just a permanent, you know. <laughs> um, well, so when you when you enter a settlement, it's a process of negotiation between the parties, and um, that so that's part of that. Yeah, usually companies don't don't want to be in a settlement for an indefinite period of time. But yeah, it's a good question. Any other questions on the Uber settlement? Yes, in the back. Um, how many? I hate to ask, but how many cases have settled with this So, um, when we were collecting data during the lawsuit and negotiation phase, we heard a, um, oh, I don't even know, more, like dozens, many. It's quite common. Um, in terms of lawsuits, there have been a few around the country that were brought as individual cases, um, so they didn't get relief on a nationwide basis to change the policy, but people occasionally bring single cases for relief for themselves. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of more, well, more common than I expected, yeah. but um, perhaps others in the room feel differently. <laughs> yeah, front. Um, I, I have heard that, you said there were no financial damages. I have heard that NFB received the financial damages. Is that not correct? So that is not, a, not damages. So damages, it's like compensation for the harm. Yeah. NFB received a payment to run the, um, testing program. So over the next three and a half years, um, people will be doing testing, and then NFB is collecting the data so we can compare how riders are reporting data to NFB against how Uber is reporting data to us. So, so it's it's um, it's money, but it's it's meant for the administrative costs of running that program. Yeah. Okay. Bless you. Okay, so the Lyft case was uh, a bit simpler. Um, again, we are representing individuals and NFB uh, regarding guide dog discrimination. In this case, we approached Lyft um, after the Uber case was underway, um, and Lyft was happy to negotiate a resolution of the issues without us having to file a lawsuit. So we got to skip that whole process. Um, because of that, it's not a, it's not a class action loss. It's not a class action settlement, and it hasn't um, been looked at by the court. But it's fairly similar to the Uber settlement, and it also covers um, it creates policy changes that cover the whole country. So a lot of people will benefit, even if they weren't parties to the settlement itself. Um, and similarly, that that settlement focuses on injunctive relief, so changes to policies and procedures rather than damages. Um, so the Lyft settlement is um, a little different from the Uber settlement because of differences between the two platforms um, and just differences in how the negotiations played out, but it still has the same key components. So um, supplementing and augmenting the driver education efforts that Lyft already had in place, 
um, creating stricter driver consequences and implementing those consequences and improving follow-up with riders who have experienced discrimination. So driver education um, is a bit more, <laughs> there are many more pieces to it in the Lyft settlement because Lyft has different methods for bringing in drivers, whereas Uber has a, has a more uniform method. Um, for all drivers in the Lyft platform, the service animal policy has been changed so that now it states clearly that drivers cannot refuse service to people with service animals with no exceptions. Um, the contract between the drivers and Lyft also uh, includes the policy and a link, the statement regarding the policy and a link to the policy itself. Um, and then for all drivers, there's been a service animal month. That was in April. And there was a big joint announcement event and some kind of different media pushes out to drivers. So Lyft is going to be holding a Facebook Live event. They've been sending out email messages and this video with a raffle and incentives to participate um, to drivers. Lyft is also creating a much more detailed educational video, which they'll be pushing out to drivers on a regular basis for the next three and a half years. Um, when drivers on board through various mechanisms, they're going to receive information about their obligation to provide service to people with guide dogs. So when people register through the online method, they will be getting information about it there. If people sign up where they meet with mentor drivers in person before becoming Lyft drivers, uh, the mentor has a checklist that includes talking to them about their service animal obligation. Um, and then we have an agreement that if, if Lyft implements new policies for bringing in new drivers, that they have to provide information about this obligation in a way that is comparable to other, other types of information they give to drivers. So they can't just throw it in as a footnote somewhere. So whenever a driver starts, they get a welcome email in which Lyft reiterates the service animal policy. And then all drivers um, for the next three and a half years will be receiving text messages every six months, emails every three months, and in-app pop-up notifications every six months. And um, in various combinations, that all must include uh, photos of blind individuals with service animals, um, details about the policy, reminders about the lack of exception for allergies, um, or religious concerns, and links to the detailed educational video. And does that also include fear of dogs? Yes, that does, yeah. Um, and then the driver consequences section is very similar to the one in Uber. Uh, the, the language is slightly different, but um, it's, it's kind of a, a two a one-strike policy and a two-strike policy. So under the one-strike policy, if Lyft, here the language is, obtains reliable evidence that the driver knowingly refused to transport a rider with a service animal, that, right, that driver will be permanently removed from the platform. Um, if Lyft hears a plausible report but does not have the evidence that the driver knowingly refused service, um, but then Lyft receives a report about another incident, the driver is permanently removed from the platform. 
And again, writers have similar rights under this settlement. Writers have the right to know the outcome of the investigation, including the consequences for the driver. Lyft has committed to giving people that information within two weeks of submitting a complaint. Writers also have the right to be reimbursed for any cancellation fees regarding related to uh, discrimination um, and to get a $5 account credit um, if they report discrimination. Lyft also used to do automatic pair blocking where um, if you submit a complaint, they set it up in their algorithm so you'll never be matched with the driver again. that feature has been taken away, but writers can opt into that. In most cases, the writer, after submitting a complaint, the driver would be removed from the platform. But if for some reason Lyft found that there wasn't sufficient evidence, that it was knowing discrimination, um, in theory you could be paired with that person again unless you affirmatively ask to be blocked with from them. Uber doesn't do pair blocking, so that didn't come up in that settlement. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention this in the Uber one, but it's similar for Uber and Lyft. Uh, Both both companies have agreed not to uh, charge cleaning fees related to shedding. Um, There can be cleaning fees for vomit or urine or defecation by the dog. So for Uber, they say you can only get a cleaning fee for that if there have been three reports of some sort of bodily mess from the dog. Lyft, with just one report, there can be a cleaning fee collected, but Lyft requires photographic evidence of that. So um, it should be pretty rare that people have cleaning fees related to their guide dogs. And then under both the Uber and Lyft settlements, there are a number of mechanisms through which writers can submit complaints. So both have links in, the, in, that, in their apps as well as links through the website um, to pages that describe the service animal policy and have a link to a complaint form where you can submit information about um, an incident if you were subject to discrimination. Um, There's a service animal complaint hotline for Lyft that you can call. And there's actually also a phone number that you could call for Uber. It's not directly oriented towards service animal complaints. That's their critical response line. They say to only call it if there's a safety issue. But if you're being denied service with your guide dog, I think that's a safety issue. And you can call that number for Uber as well. So those are the various mechanisms for letting Uber or Lyft know if there has been discrimination. And under both settlements, the companies have agreed to have those forms and the links required to reach them um, compliant with the WCAG 2.0 standard for digital accessibility um, or the equivalent to the extent it doesn't um, line up perfectly with the format of the apps. So that would be the BBC mobile standard for apps. And then Lyft, like Uber, has similar enforcement mechanisms. We're collecting uh, the same types of data. And um, NFB is also doing a smaller testing program for the Lyft platform. And individuals can reach out to us or Tim Elder or 
the attorneys at Rosen, Bean, Galvin, and Grunfeld to tell us about any incidents of discrimination that they experience on the platform so we can follow up with Uber and cross-check Uber's reporting. Or Lyft, sorry. <laughs> they, you know, I switch them. Um, and again, it's a three-and-a-half-year term with a possibility to extend to five years um, if Lyft is not um, making sufficient improvements. So, in summary, people who are traveling with guide dogs do have an absolute right to ride on the platform. There are no exceptions for religious concerns, fear of dogs, um, or allergies. Well, I shouldn't use the word absolute. There is a small exception that if your dog is being um, like very unsafe, you know, uh, it's just the exception under the ADA, and that's not really clarified in the settlement, and it's not put in the written policy because we didn't want people to overly rely on that. So the emphasis in the written policy is the lack of exception rather than that rather narrow exception that arises infrequently. Um, if you do re uh, either receive discriminatory treatment um, including ride denials or other discriminatory treatment, such as someone who's rude about your guide dog or who gives hassles you or gives you a hard time. You should definitely report it to the company and provide as much detail and evidence as possible and ask, ask them to follow up with you to let you know what happened. So that's it. Any questions? Yes, in the back. Do you receive complaints about taxi cabs also? We do not often receive complaints about taxi cabs. Though occasionally people will mention that that happens, but um, yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't heard as many complaints about it. Yes, in the front. Two questions. Um, you mentioned that Lyft has committed to letting us know within two weeks what the result was of the complaint. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, you said Lyft. So is that also Uber or just the... So that's a good question. Uber um, has committed to a reasonable time and said that the goal is one week, but it's not a hard commitment to one week. Okay. And my other question is, you said that if we have, you know, if the driver gives us a hard time, even if they give us the ride, if they're giving us a hard time in the car, we should report that. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's up to you, but um, the companies are tracking both ride denials and other categories of discrimination um, and you know if a driver is being rude uh, you can certainly tell the company and they will note that in the driver's file so it can help establish a pattern of discriminatory behavior do you have a question yeah. yes um, one of our members uh, in New York was between dogs and scheduled a trip with Uber, and the driver came to pick her up, saw the white cane, and said he wasn't paratransit, he didn't have to pick up these people. Oh. Um, she called the paratransit. All this was, uh, hmm. you know, while they were standing there, was being recorded you know, on the iPhone. But um, he berated her the entire trip, and he said, you know, he's had blind people, and they want him 
the driver to show them where the curb is, which didn't sound too onerous. Um, and so the entire trip yelled at her, and then when they got to the destination, he went to, he was going to assist her out, and she said, don't touch me, you know, after yeah. listening to this for the entire ride. Wow. Are, are there categories for that, you know, for disabilities in general, not just with our service? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So Uber and Lyft both have general statements regarding um, the fact that drivers are not allowed to discriminate on their platform. And they list a number of categories under that, such as race, national origin, sexual orientation, uh, disability. So it, it isn't as specific, but everything you're describing would be um, encompassed by that more general statement. Um, this isn't exactly to your question, but they have done more specific policies for uh, people who are using wheelchairs, somewhat similar to the fact that they created a more specific policy under the settlement for people with service animals. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> In the back? Just curious if Ah, well, unfortunately, or fortunately, settlement discussions are confidential, so um, I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, I will say I've heard in conversations like this, community members raising concerns about that issue. Yeah, so it is something we thought about. Yes. Did you have another question? Okay. <laughs> but, but there's some, uh, one else... Uh, Oh, generally, just other cases. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, if there's nothing else, if there's no other questions, if there are no other questions, great. Um, so we've worked on a pretty big range of issues. Um, I'm I'm working on monitoring some of the cases we brought quite a few years ago, but regarding access to parks in the state of California, um, and that covers a range of types of disabilities. So some of it is related to vision disabilities. Some of it is related to mobility disabilities and um, having more wheelchair accessible areas, um, braille signage, and um, even uh, like auditory descriptions of some of the kind of like interactive information certain trails provide. So that's something I've worked on. Um, we recently have filed a case with ACB against ITSA, which is a company that provides um, food. It's like a, a lunch place uh, that is heavily dependent on technology, which could be accessible but is not. So instead of interacting with a salesperson, people who go to ITSA to order lunch interact with a tablet. And they have set it up so that people can't use the screen reading functions of the tablet. So blind people have to find the one or two staff members who are in the public part of the restaurant and uh, get them to read out the options and submit their order. 
Um, so this new technology and revolutionary dining experience is quite exclusionary to people who are blind or have visual impairments. So we're working on that issue. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> another, my colleague is in the back. Um, another case we've worked on um, regarding people with vision disabilities and the blind community is with Kaiser. So we settled with Kaiser to um, improve access to their healthcare facilities for people who are blind. We also had a settlement with Sutter, which is the other big healthcare system, and that's for a range of improvements. Um, some are for people with mobility disabilities, like architectural barrier changes. Um, some are also related to the policies for how to um, help people with a range of disabilities, whether vision or otherwise, um, better access their health services. We also um, worked with ACB a couple of years ago to bring a well, it was a negotiation. We didn't end up filing a case, but we did a negotiation with Netflix, and that was to get audio description on Netflix programming, um, as well as to have Netflix go through and make sure that their um, both their app and their website were accessible to people who used screen reading technology. Yeah. Those are some of the things. Can oh, you question. perhaps share some of the links um, maybe with uh, William and Penny that we can put on, especially some of the documentation? It's on the website. Oh, it is? Yes. Yes, and, and also if any of the other cases I've mentioned are intriguing to you, um, we put almost all of our settlement agreements up on the website so that people can see what's been going on and, you know, what rights they have. So, DRA Legal, L-E-G-A-L dot org. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, and a question in the back. Yes. Yeah. So the um, the settlement as a legal document uh, is limited to blind people with service animals, but the way all of the policy documents have been drafted and the driver education materials um, say people with disabilities who use service animals, so it's more expansive and applies more broadly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Excellent work. Julia, thank you so much. This is the second year you've come and talked to us, and we really appreciate it.
people that um, there's a first aid presentation for your animals. I don't know that this, this is not on. No, it's not on. This is, that's not on. Testing. There we go. That one's working. I just want to remind people that at 4 o'clock there's a presentation on uh, animal first aid here. So I hope people will um, stay uh, and we, uh, for that presentation. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. 
that's really cool that they got all that done.
<laughs> I was um, trying to pre early I was trying to do that in book this weekend so I traveled in Europe and under the terms and conditions it said no service dogs allowed. And so I called and said no it's illegal to my access to my service dog. Oh no it's not. The ADA doesn't allow us to in Europe. I said, well you need to do your homework because the European Union has an access law for all travel in the European Union, including ships. And you cannot deny me access. And if you don't allow me my service dog and other service dogs, I will report you to the stop authority. So then she said, Well, there's no place. I said, What is your argument? I'm stopping your husband first. What is your argument here? Well, there's no place for them to go to the bathroom. Uh, other things you might do is just people in the same place. There's no way for you to get exercise. So I and I did all this by email. I put an email. Really, your arguments here are this is why they're silly and you know blah blah blah. So anyway, within um, six weeks they changed their policy and now they're on service. They contacted me and said we have we have changed our policy and we're not allowed in service. Yeah. I. I think the, the wildest Okay. It's like people say to me, oh, uh, you're blind and you're blind by yourself. You're blind and you 
Yes. She's got some chairs uh, in a circle in the back here. So if anybody wants to sit on the floor can do that. Or if anybody would like to sit in a chair, um, you can do that. She has, she's not expecting, like, you know, too many okay. people. So anybody that wants to come back. What do you mean it doesn't stay in Yes, ma'am. Volunteers here, and Peggy's husband is here. And Peggy's, is it your niece, Peggy? Yeah. Can I borrow your niece? It's out in the middle of the country. That's a good one.
they listen to me. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm going to be at the same time. You're going to listen to me. Well, my, my, I was planning on going all the way through. They were so nasty. They were so, so nasty. So we, there were five couples staying there, so the other four couples could they had to stay there because they would lose their money. So we had to drive. It was about an hour. This was out in the middle of nowhere. We had to drive an hour, and we had to go to two different hotels. It was a Friday night to find one that had a room available, and you know, and we had bikes. We had to take our bikes, and, and, um, and then we, we couldn't have dinner with the rest of our group because we were too far away. And it was it was so upsetting. So you know, a thousand bucks for all my trouble. I think they got away with a good deal. You know, I don't feel bad about that at all. The ones that drive me crazy are when they don't come right out and say it's the dog. Like, yeah, I was. I walked into a Chinese restaurant with um, five friends. I was the only one that was a guide dog user. Is this first day for Yes, it is. And the gal at the front, you know, that should seat you. She looked at us. The restaurant was like one third full, and she said, "Do you have a reservation?" Oh. <laughs> and you know, it's a Chinese restaurant for God's sakes. I've never heard of one that required a reservation. Um, so we ended up walking down the block and having curry instead of the chip at an Indian restaurant. But you know, there was no way to prove anything that time. And, you know, I've had other incidents, too, where things have happened that just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, um... They see you in a closed area. That's happened to me. Oh, they take you to the upgrade. I don't really mind that, but, you know, things like, um... Yeah, um, I had reservations for friends that were coming down for a chapter meeting. You know, they were from the state organization. Um, she, um, they were both black, and they were both blind, and their driver was white. And they came to the hotel, and she looked at them and said, I'm sorry, we don't have handicapped accessible room available. And <laughs> they were both ambulatory. They didn't, you know, they weren't in chairs or anything. And what city was this? Grants Pass, Oregon, back when I was president down there. Um, and then the, so we, we filed a suit against them because uh, Priscilla, who's a little spitfire, she said, I don't need an accessible <laughs> suite. Do I look like I need an accessible suite? And she started jumping up and down, doing jumping jacks there in the lobby. But I'm sure it was because of the mixed group. You know, but you can't prove it. You have to use lawsuits to keep these companies in. I mean, what else is going to keep them from switching? Not much. I mean, that's why we went ahead and lodged, you know, a suit because the woman was just the manager and she didn't want to rent a room to a black woman, a black man, and a white woman. Just, you know, for some reason that bothered her. I walked into a restaurant in Oakland, Maine, and with somebody and with my service dog. And with my person, I was excited. And all of the other customers were, you go to the left, and that guy 
right, there was another gun here, and there was nobody in the, the, the oh, one of them. So the hostess said, oh, just a moment, and then she went over and whispered with the manager, and then she came back and said, okay, follow me, and she took us to the right. So we they had closed that section on the right because they were, you know, they were going to be closing in an hour, so they had already cleaned it. Because they seated us way over in the closed section away from everybody else. And so the person I was with, I said, is there anybody else over here? He said, no, they're all over there. So um, I, I sat there, and it was just really bothering me. Why are we way over here? Everybody else is just looking. I was bothering me. So I said, can I speak to the manager, please? And she came over, and I said, I'm just curious. Did, did you have a seated over here because you want a service dog away from all the other customers? And she said, well, well yes, because I'm allergic to dogs. And I said, well, I just need to let you know that it is, it is not legal for you to separate me from the rest of the public in this restaurant. And I'm not going to file a suit against you this time, but if I come back here, I expect you to see with everybody else. I know, Karen. We just keep moving you back and forth. I know. Yeah. You're just trying to she's, keep us away. She's getting Exercise. Her. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, my husband is, uh, his grandfather by adoption was from Mexico. Oh, okay, Testing, testing. Shanigamakwe, which is my Chippewa name, which means um, I translate it as quiet water. Peggy? Um, here's a mic for you. I don't need one. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just one second. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay, good. Yeah. I wasn't going to step on you. I, that's why I stopped. I have pretty decent echolocation and stuff, so I don't usually even step on dogs. All right, I'll take that. Can we, yeah, let's go over, if you guys can come over here just a little. Anybody that wants to sit on the floor is welcome to. Or we can just kind of, okay, we got one there, we got Chase. Yeah. They're all gone home. Well, the ones that matter are here. Went to, went to the bathroom. Okay. And one lady is at the gym. All right, well, I'll just kind of be in the circle here. So I'll start out. We're waiting for a few to come back from the bathroom. Um, I do have some dog cookie samples of, from the company that I um, rep for, and I also brought some of my coloring books that I wrote. It's, it's a dog bite prevention educational coloring book. So if anybody wants to buy any of those. Um, I do have a few bags of treats um, in case you need any, in case you've run out while you're here. But um, our pet food is Life's Abundance, and it is shipped right to your door. It is holistic, freshest on the market, and never been recalled. So, um, so what I'm going to do today is show you a few tricks on emergencies. I, I know they just had a conf, uh, presentation from Uber or Lyft, so um, I'm sure you guys are all well-versed on them. Now, are you trying to get out? Are you okay over there? 
Keep going. Keep going right there. Okay. So we got four dogs. Okay. And what's this one's name, Janet? Nikita. Nikita? Could I ask you a question? Yeah. I didn't come to the Uber lift presentation. Okay. What did that have to do with the uh, Well, if you've got to get to the vet oh. or you've got to get somewhere. Gotcha. Um, I think it partially it was about uh, just, not being able to refuse service. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get them to. Well, Right. Yeah, I get, I did not realize. Yeah, because some people have nobody. And so I have always suggested if you have nobody to call, even if you're sighted, to call, you know, Lyft or Uber or if a cab will let you in. But there is some discrimination. There was even a issue with a lady who's who didn't have her dog and the guy didn't want to transport her, transport her just because she was blind. So I just feel bad that you guys have to go through that. Before you actually get started, yeah. um, so I, I just wanted to welcome everybody. Um, for anybody who doesn't know who my, my name, I'm Vicki. I'm one of the GDUI board members. And I just have to tell you, six years ago I was here in Reno, so several of us were, and Peggy came to do this uh, a, a larger presentation. And... It, it was just a, a day later that we actually got to put it in practice with a, a dog that <laughs> kind of ran out in front of our vehicle. So you never know when first aid is going to come in handy. So without any further ado, Peggy Rue, thank you so much. Thank you. So basically, let me grab my list here. Um, I just wanted to give you a few tidbits on how to be more aware of your pet's health, mainly because dogs and cats have a higher tolerance for pain. And um, so they can be hurt or sick, like we've been watching Valor. He's, he's sitting over there with an ear bent. And so we know that because he came from humidity and now he's come to the desert, he's probably got a little bit of allergy and dryness going on. So it's just kind of under, trying to be their, their ears and their nose for them if you can't actually see them because smell can give you a lot of hints too. If all of a sudden they're smelling a little stinky, they could have an ear infection, they could have a yeast infection in their ear, they could have something going on, and sometimes that smell can even just come out of their pores. So um, it's just being aware of, of you know where they might hurt. So touching them everywhere you can. Oh, we got another one coming in. Hello. Hey there. That's okay. If you want to go to your left there, there's some chairs, or you can sit on the floor. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do some, uh, we're going to check some vitals. Oh, yeah, Dale, will you close the door? That's okay. Well, I was still standing. <laughs> <laughs> My hip surgery a week ago. A week ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it was just a cleanup. He said that uh, he didn't want to put a hip in now because they don't last long enough, and he'd have to do it again. So just went in and, and cleaned it up. So I'm going to actually get on the floor. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, uh, I don't have that pain poking me in the side where it was. Hi, Nikita. Hi. How old is she? Uh, 
Oh my goodness, you've been working a long time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Four years, four years actually. I got her uh, late. She was, career changed uh, oh. twice. Wow. Do you want to take her harness off so she can get naked and we can do some touchy feely without her getting in trouble? Because we're going <laughs> to. We don't want anybody getting in trouble. <laughs> do you need some help, Lillian, getting hers off? Okay. That way we can help you. We don't want to get, get anybody in trouble. It's so funny. Whenever they get naked at the conventions, they just go crazy. They want to play. What are you doing? I didn't see you hiding back there behind the table. Oh, what? What's her name? Nirvana. Nirvana. Oh, she is adorable. Is she a baby? Oh, God, she's got a baby face. Oh, my God. You are cute, honey. Okay, so I'm going to show you um, to, check her pul- to check their pulse. Oh, Chasey's still with you. I wondered who was over there. All right, so what we're going to do, I'm going to show you where to check a pulse, which is going to be, can you pull your leg out? Huh? Can, can you lay on your side? Can everybody lay on their sides? Lay on your side. Just lay on the side. And then I'm going to take your hand, and you're going to go all the way in to the femoral artery. Do you feel a pulse? Yeah, maybe that that hand would be easier. Okay, that's where you're going to find a pulse and a heartbeat. And if you can just keep track of that, on you know, somewhere... Uh, it can be between uh, 70 and 90, but every dog is different. So when you're qu- doing a quiet night watching you know, TV or reading, um, then do a, a resting rate. So this, all their rates are going to be really high right now. Okay, you're going to take your hand and go un- right in. Yeah, but if you turn your hand this way and go all the way, all the way into the, the groin area, you feel anything? Yeah. Okay. What you want is a resting rate, and that's her pulse and heart rate. Okay. Oh, she says, tickle me a little bit more. <laughs> you find Chasey's? Yeah. Chasey's is going to be right in here. Feel right in there. Put your fingers way in there. Do you feel it? <laughs> Are you there, Valor? My hand, I, I have problems with my left arm. Oh, oh. You could probably can't then. Let me is, see if I can. Oh, he's got a really good one. Yeah. yeah. I'm alive, see? No. <laughs> I'm going to go check this one back here. What's this one's name? Willa May. Willa May. She's only two. Oh, my God, she's a baby. I know, she's very playful. And she she is an English, isn't she? She's, she's, she's a Labrador. Yeah. What's her heart rate? Uh, it, usually between 70 and 90, but in here they're going to be high because of the excitement. Yeah, all so, all stimulation. Yeah. Hello, baby. So where you're going to go is up. Let's turn around here. find it? Yeah. yeah let me. No, don't do that. Come here, lay. What are you doing to me? Come here, lay down. Oh, she says, I don't want her to touch me, Mama. She's not going to hurt So what you're going to do is, when you have a chance, is go way far under there, and you'll feel a pulse. Oh, I think I... You feel it? Yeah, yeah. It feels normal. I'm not a vet. Uh-oh. Okay, I think you're right in the right spot. Can it feel 
I, I, yeah. I felt it, but then I didn't. And you know what happens with the femoral artery is it rolls. <laughs> yeah. So it, you'll find it, and then you, it'll disappear. Okay. Do you feel it? Is yep, yeah. <laughs> go right where my fingers are. Go right in there. Okay, I got yeah. it. She's alive. Yay. How old is she? She's, she'll be six in September. Oh, she's so pretty. Thank you. She's so pretty. Looks like she's wearing makeup. Yeah, we want all live dogs. <laughs> yeah, we want all live dogs. Is your ear is stinky now. I don't know about the people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to go under the, the, the hind leg. Oh, Hi, baby. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Right in there. If you can use. You feel it? Hers is really high. Can you get through? So are we still recording? You are. Okay. Just want to make. Okay, thank you. Okay. Just still five, five something. Thank you, Larry. Larry, you should come to take take five minutes and work your dog. Yeah. You should. There you go. See, I got Come on, Larry. 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 Yes. How old is your dog, Larry? Nine. Oh my goodness. How long has this one been working? Uh, about seven years. Wow. Are you going to retire soon? Huh? Hi, old buddy. Hi. Oh, gosh. So do you want to sit on a chair or on the floor? You... Okay, be careful. Dale, can you take some pictures? Can you lay down? What's his name? It's JT. JT. Yeah. You're still over there with Chasey, Jenna. All right, JT, lay down. Sit. So what we're doing is we're checking for a, a pulse and heart rate. Lay down, buddy. Yeah, go right over there on your side. Want to lay on your side? Oh, he says, I don't think so. That's okay. If you can, you just put your hand way up in his groin, and there's, that's where you're going to find the pulse or heart rate. Wow, he is old. Just an old baby. Wow, you are such a good And still wagging his tail. It's just a lab. <laughs> so um, what, what you can, one thing, I don't know where all of you are from, but you've noticed how hot it gets here. And sidewalks and streets get so hot. And um, like I started off in the beginning, um, their pe- pain tolerance is so high that sometimes you don't even know they're hurt. So you touching them and poking and prodding and checking their ears, checking their eyes, um, their feet for real dryness and cracking, um, or even maybe an open sore somewhere would be, you know, to your advantage. Um, with, um, you can also, like I said, the smell. With yeast infections come out in their ears when they have a food allergy. So um, if... Okay. Now, one of the other um, things, if do any of them have much anxiety, or are they pretty calm? Lexi's pretty calm. My They all seem to be. She, yeah, because she's so young. 
One of the things that you can do is use fresh lavender or a lavender spray and put it on a bandana and put it around their neck, and it's instant calming. Like if you've got fireworks or sirens. Yeah. <laughs> you put the lavender or the, the spray in a Ziploc bag with a bandana. Let's keep it in there for emergencies, and then when you take it out, it's nice and fresh. Put it around their neck. You can also put fresh lavender in their food. It's edible. So if they're really having a bad day or they just had surgery or they just had a cancer treatment or they just went to the groomer, sometimes they get a little anxious after that. That's really good for them. Yes, exactly. I should have been here on the first day, Lillian. (laughs) I think next time I'll demand it. So um, what you want to have, too, in an emergency first aid kit would be um, some lavender, maybe, some Benadryl, because Benadryl calms all dogs for any reason. Regular people Benadryl. Um, You can also get a digital um, uh, human thermometer, um, the anal kind, because it will beep after maybe 10 seconds, and a lot of them will read you the temperature. Yeah. So that... Good, because their temperature um, for dogs and cats is 100 to 102.5, and it can be anywhere in that range. And so, Lillian, also, I'm going to send you a bunch of handouts to send to the people that have come. Okay, or... we'll scan them and put them on the website. Okay, perfect. Do you want them in Word, Doc, or PDF? Word. Word, okay, I've got them all ready then. Yeah. You sure? Okay. Yeah, because sometimes you email them out, and you guys can access them better. Um, you should also have some of that elastic stuff called either uh, vet wrap or um, I can't remember what it's called for people, but it's it's the elastic wrap. Yeah, but well, it's exactly. Yeah, if you use that on a wound, you want to do it um, snug but not tight. You want to make sure because they swell just like we do. And you don't want to um, cause a tourniquet effect. <laughs> so how do you know how much Benadryl to give? Um, what you do start out with one. All of these dogs can take one. If they have been stung by a bee or got bit by a spider or something, your doctor may say two or three at a time. And last year, Lexi had a reaction. Mm-hmm. And um, we were delayed. Um, and they had her on Benadryl. Oh, I forgot how many. But... Um, she had she had her antigen shot, but for some reason they think she might have been stung by a bee. Her temperature went up. They kept her there until it got it down. Then she about an hour. Then she was okay. Mm-hmm. They had me keep her Benadryl. Yeah, Benadryl is great for um, any kind of nervous situation, fireworks, um, maybe new people coming into the house that she's not too uh, crazy about. Uh, a car ride, um, anything. Benadryl, you can't OD them on it. They might get a little sleepy like we were talking about with Valor. Um, but you can't OD them, and it just calms everything down. Even if they were to get bit by a snake, it will bring the heart rate down so that there's not so much nervousness. Benadryl. Yeah. People Benadryl. Right, the little pink pill. 
You want to get this straight, and you don't want to do liquid because there's so much sugar in it. Because um, people sometimes think that they should have the child formula, but it's got a lot of sugar. So, bless you. A lot of sneezing in here today. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've, we've had our share of fires already in the last couple days. So, have you guys had any in, um, issues that you'd want to ask a question about? Yes. Okay, and they're choking a little? Okay, I'm going to, well, we're going to go around and do a hands-on um, demonstration of a Heimlich maneuver. And have any of you ever learned the human Heimlich? Yes. Okay. We do very similar to dogs, but with these big dogs, we're going to turn around and do it from behind because you can't pick them up, but you can pick them up backwards. And so I know it's going to seem weird, but if you guys want to get up on your knees or get up on your hand or get up on your feet, we can show you that technique. That's right. So can you get Chasey up? Chase. Okay, so I'm going to show you. You hold on to this. Yeah, I'm going to use it. He is still pitching, isn't he? Yeah. All right, so watch me. I'm going to put my... No, Chase, stand up. JT. Stand up. Chase, up. He's no, no. Okay. You know what you're doing? No. We're going to go right above his little peepee there, Jenna, and we're going to do this. And we're doing a Heimlich, okay? Yep. So what I'm going to do is straddle him, straddle him like you're riding backwards. Each one of you. Okay, don't Oh, backwards? Backwards. Oh, I got her forward. Yeah. So and I you put it. your hand at the base of his sternum, right in front of his baby, <laughs> and you yeah. do the Heimlich. Yeah. Lift it. There I, I you go. Right. And just, you do it five times. Could her head yeah. behind me? Yeah, you yeah. want to ride the horse backwards. You got to ride it. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me. Jenna, you want to help her? Do you remember? Do you know how? Okay, you're going to put your hands, both of them together, up and forward. Up and to her forward. There you go. But you're going to lift her off the ground. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that now. Okay. <laughs> but that's how you do it. And, and what about being careful to break, not break ribs? You're not going to break any ribs. They are so um, healthy and pliable that you won't break any ribs that way. None. Did she do it yet? Okay. Okay. Let me come over here. Dale? Okay. So you're going to put your fist and your hand right. Like that? Right. And then lift up. There you go. That's it, and you do it five times. One, and kind of quick. Two, three, four, five. <laughs> very good. <laughs> she is a very good dog. Okay, so you're going to get on her backwards. So pretend like you're right. There you go. And then you're going to put your, your fist yep, right down here and cover, the other, cover it with the other hand, and then you lift up. Okay. Lift, right, lift her right off the ground. <laughs> if they're choking. And that should push it right up back up through their stomach. Yeah, hold on to that again. Or do you want to do one? Come here, let's go over here and do this one. All right, you were the one with the question. Yeah. So we're going to have you... my first dog almost choked on me. Okay. She picked up... I dropped a, one of those candies that has peanut butter in it. Yeah. And for some reason, she decided to swallow it whole. And they do. They just woof it down. She just woofed it down. Yep. 
Okay, so you're going to get on her like you're riding her backwards. So have her stand up. All right. My friend told me to rub her throat, and luckily you can't See you later. All right, so you're going to get... Can you get over her with without tripping with your skirt? The other way. Oh, the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Dale, can you come help me here? No, sweetie, no, sweetie. There you go. You okay? She does not. Come here. She does she doesn't want to do it. Oh, it's okay. Just show me with your hand, my hand. Okay. So what you're going to do, here, hold on. What you're going to do is you're going to fist one hand in this, and you're going to lift her from behind. Oh, right, okay. right, right, you know, where the solar plexus would be on a human? Yeah. Right there. Right at the bottom of the rib cage. But you're going to do it from the other way because you can lift her from behind. Because you can't lift her front because they're so top-heavy. Uh-huh. So you're going to do it backwards. 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 Now don't choke Did you do it? I know. That's why I wanted to see Did it. Did you do it? I haven't done it yet. Okay. Right. Put him through there. And then you're going to go right in front of his pee-pee there. Right there. not getting personal. No. Yeah, maybe we'll do valor. Okay, then you're going to make a fist and put the other hand over it and lift him. There you go. Look at that. One. And you're going to do it five times if you ever have that problem. Do you want to try Valor? Yeah. Okay. It won't bite me. Well, she's all good. She'll give you a kiss. All right. All right. Put your fist. Oh. And then your hand over your fist. Where am I putting it? You're putting it right there at the base of his rib. Her rib. Right at the base of her rib. Right. A fist. Cover it up with the other hand. There. And lift. There you go. Five times. And... That should choke it back up through her throat. Are you pushing toward the front of her body? You're lifting up and forward. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, he's a happy dog to lift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe he's going to try it It's those darn dresses. (laughs) I don't want my makeup, but I won't. I think if somebody were looking through a window and they Oh, you should see some of the uh, pictures, yeah. All right, did you guys get it? Yeah. Okay. All right, so, so that would be if, you're, if they're choking on something. She does have a white face. That's why I wondered how, yeah, I wondered how old she was. She's got makeup on. She went white at four, and I'm told that's common in Golden Retreat. Okay. Moon face Oh, moon face. Oh. Oh, the other way. Come, go back. There you go. Um, go turn to your right again. Nope. Directly behind. There you go. So, any other questions? And in your first aid kit, you should also have some treats in case you are evacuated. Um, some Neosporin, maybe. Um, you can use that on dogs for wounds or even to use on the thermometer if you've got to take their temperature. Um, it's safe. It, it is edible in case they get some of it off of one of their wounds. Um, but just, I know you guys are more careful than most people, but the hot pavement, the hot sidewalks. They did? Wow. Wonder who donated them. And what? There's always got to be a clown in the group. No, I wasn't being funny. 
<laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I only have two left. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, that is very cool. Well, yeah. So where are you from over here with Nikita? Okay. Now, were you at the, the last, at one of any of the last conferences? I've, t- I've taught there a couple times. I'm not a member of ACB. I was here the last time you guys Okay, for, yeah, six years ago. Monterey, and where are you from? Okay. Yeah, you guys are all in the same neighborhood. <laughs> Janet, where are you from? Or is it Janet? I'm sorry. Um, Karen, where are you from? Columbia, Maryland. Wow. And you guys are from Florida. Where'd you come? I'm Bobby Lindley, my sister Cynthia Debose, and she's in the hotel room now because she's so tired. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, I want to give you some treats before you leave in case you need them. Oh, wow. I'm from New York. I'm the furthest. Yeah, New York and Maryland. We can tell you're from New York. Yeah, I know. I used to be from New Jersey. This is my niece, my great niece. And she's going into the animal world, so she's. She's helping with events now. So, and this is my husband, Dale. This is Jenna. Jenna. She's like Vanna White on, on TV. <laughs> and then Chase, or uh, John, where are you and Chase from? San Jose. Yeah. You guys? Yeah. Yeah, nobody has ever sung that to you, have they, John? So um, now you guys all have real good relationships with your vets, I hope. Yeah. Good. And, uh, you know, at least once a week, check their ears and eyes and nose and tummies and just make sure that they don't have anything that, that isn't normal or, or you know, isn't, or hasn't been there. Also do um, a lumps and bumps check, yep. you know, make, if you have to, make a map, um, have somebody help you with that. But um, if you have any questions about nutrition or things like that, you can always call or email me. I'll give you guys some, um, my card. And um, I can always send you information if you don't, if you didn't get what you wanted from the convention, I can always send it to you from me. Okay. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just had my website updated, so it's very user-friendly. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, thank you guys for coming. But Wes, Janet. Um, I spend a lot of time in Mexico, down in Baja, mm-hmm. and um, there's a tendency to have dogs get poisoned down there. Yeah. And so I carry some charcoal with me, but I'm wondering, would that help at all? No, charcoal is usually only good for after you've had to induce vomiting. So if you've induced vomiting, then they need to have a charcoal treatment that adjusts, balances their system. But you have to know what they ate before you induce vomiting, which you do with um, peroxide. 
But if they've eaten something really poisonous or um, toxic or corrosive, it can burn their esophagus coming back up. So it can be worse than them eating whatever they ate. So do you have any trouble getting into Mexico with her? No. Wow. Easier than Lyft or Uber, I hear. <laughs> ah, so. Oh my God! I don't know what's wrong with people. This is 2017. I don't understand. I'm I'm not on the side of the taxi drivers that are refusing us rides, but some of them have told me horror stories about dogs in their cars that are shedding everywhere and, mm-hmm. and stink. And, and, you know, and most people I know they and they should look at the cover that Ruffwear, not doing a commercial for them, but. They have a nice seat cover or carry a sheet. Right. Right. If you're bringing your dog, then make it. And I know you guys carry a lot of stuff, but that's just. But, well, you know, we put those in the back of our vehicles for our dogs, and they're only 15 or 20 bucks. I don't know why a driver wouldn't just get one. That's what I would have if I was a driver, yeah, I would have something to accommodate whatever driver I picked up. Oh, God, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, then it's a little more. All right, well, I'm going to get these cookies ready for you guys if you want to get your harnesses put back on. But thank you so much.